0: we
1: For another episode of the Mixed Witches podcast, we are in the first week of August now. At the when this comes out, I was gonna say at the time of this recording, but that would be a lie. When this comes out, we'll be in the first week of August. Yeah. <sighs> Y'all, that means, bro. Do you realize August <laughs> is eight months through the year? I shut up. <laughs> you, sh- you shut up. Don't they even. even- that's only four no. months away from December. But you know what that is closer to? Spooky what? time. Halloween. Spooks.
2: Oh my god, I went on um, a Bath & Body Works website and they already have the spooky candles out.
1: They, they know what's coming. They know how it works. They have like the autumn and spooky
2: candles out. They have leaves on their website already. I was like,
1: yes. Damn, they have... Man, I need to get in there. Yeah. Because (laughs) I I can get on some autumn smelling candles. Leaves, my favorite. Leaves is literally my favorite too.
2: I was looking at some of the candle Walmart candles and they have some like you know apple cider and stuff out. I'm like okay,
1: all right. They they ain't ain't even giving summer a chance. (laughs) Nope. They know, they know the witches out there just biding their time till September. They're like, come on now. (laughs) Let's get to September.
2: Ready and waiting. I, I,
1: September is the time when I start getting spooky. I hold off until then.
2: I was thinking that, I was looking at some stuff that I was like, I very much would like to start buying more like kitschy clothes and stuff, like house stuff. Like spooky wise There was like a dress that had like bats all over it I was like I
1: fully intend to buy that (laughs) That sounds so cute For two months out of the year You become a whole spook (laughs) And then for another two months out of the year You become a whole like just a a string of lights An elf An elf (laughs) You become a different kind of spook The kind of spook that doesn't spook people (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, some people are spooked Fair enough Some people are weirded out And yeah. I don't care about them
1: I was gonna say, that that sounds like a them problem
2: Bro, don't even I love Halloween, but I will fully admit I was, in, like, not I know some people just, like, adore I'm like, bro, what? November? I will become a whole Christmas tree <laughs> I'll just turn into one like, like uh, Christmas, fam.
1: I, I know. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. It's, it's very interesting because when I was a kid, I was all about the holidays. And then I left home and I was like, oh, well, I don't give a fuck about the holidays. And now I'm more about the holidays again. I've come full circle. <laughs> well, specifically, I'm all about Halloween and Christmas. But.
2: I enjoyed midsummer Yes didn't do much
1: But I I was happy it happened I remembered it But that's important I went on a short hike And that was nice
2: I made a birdhouse
1: Huh Oh yeah I remember Yes
2: Bird So you go first this time
1: I do go first this time Okay
2: so I'm very excited for this episode.
1: No, I'm happy for you. That's good. It's like uh, so what I have is a lot of like what it is. I have some yeah. stuff about accessing it but it's not really the the same. I don't know how to explain that better. Um, okay but anyways, there's a lot about what it is. So what I'm talking about today, For the people who don't know Um, I'm going to be talking about the Akashic Records And This is kind of a topic that I'm probably going to be doing an overview of So this is going to be like Not as much as I could be doing And I'll, I'll delve deeper into it later on in later episodes But this is just kind of like the precursor to the rest of it so, what are the Akashic Records? Uh, the Akashic Records are kind of, they're difficult to explain. <laughs> they really are, they're difficult to explain. Um, and like, before I did research, I could probably give you an explanation that I was like, yeah, this is exactly what they are. Now that I've learned like, and researched, it's harder to explain. <laughs> Uh Uh-huh. So, with that in mind, I'm going to be pulling straight from Teal Swan, who gave the best description that I understood. (laughs) Like, it made the most sense to me in my own head. Okay. So that's the one I'm going to be basing it off of, because there are, like... Like experts, I'm doing this in air quotes Experts on the Akashic Records Don't typically agree On the Akashic Records If
2: that makes sense Like, you mean like anything else In fucking witchcraft?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah So so I'm, I'm just pulling from one source I'm not trying to go to a million different sources And confuse us all Because it's already confusing enough
2: because, you know what, we're only a year into this, and we are still baby witches. We don't fucking know.
1: We don't know. Like, we're still developing We don't know who to everything. trust. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> like, we're still developing our own, um, like, rituals. We're still developing our own psychic abilities. Like, baby witches. <laughs> we still don't, we still have so much to learn. So much to about. learn. Just like, in general there's some people who don't like the term baby witch, but you know what? I'm still going to use it because it, it does apply to me. I, that's how I feel. I feel like a baby witch. Anyway. We are
2: amateurs.
1: Amateur witches. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm pulling straight from Teal Swan. If you want to learn about her, she's got a whole Instagram. She's got a whole uh, YouTube. The, go check her out. But... Anyway, so most people explain the Akashic Records as a library to give our heads just something to wrap around with our limited understanding and limited capacity for understanding. It's not, obviously, it's not a library in the sense that we immediately think about it with books on the shelves and records and all these different things, but to give your mind something to latch on something to form we will say that the Akashic records are a library and the library is source so it's the big big primordial soup we all come from (laughs) Uh, this library that the Akashic records are have multiple floors and each floor corresponds not only to a different dimension but to the amount or type of knowledge that you will find there. They are some a symbolic representation of every thought that has ever been thought um, in existence and are also just accessible. So some some people like to pretend that you can't get into them, you need special whatever the whatever the biz, but it just takes a long time. The Those people from what i was looking into and like researching those type of people who say you have to have like a key you have to petition deities you have to do all these things are people who are trying to get into them quickly and not do the work to have a sustained access to them
2: okay i don't want to interrupt but it, this might be like Hermes like talking to me since I lit a candle it makes me think of how much we talk about the collective unconscious because it makes me think like I feel like we're kind of tapping into it a lot and we don't know it
1: exactly you're isn't just...
2: that what that is like that's what that is
1: well literally col- right the 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 next statement I have like, I was, mean, like it's the collective unconscious
2: yeah that's, that's immediately exactly what I started thinking of too
1: that's it you are correct
2: Because you just, well, because when you said every thought that's ever been thought, I'm like, yeah, because that's why there's so many things that are over here and, like, over here and over here, here, so many similarities, and there shouldn't be, because it's source, like you just said. You got it. You got it. I don't think I got it. I think Hermes told me.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, yes. So, it's the collective unconscious. Um, It's the thing that at the very base core of everybody in existence, we're all connected through the Akashic Records. Um, In in this library, uh, there are guides and deities and other spirits, what have you, essentially librarians uh, who will help you find what you're looking for if you ask for help. So you can ask a librarian or you can go it on your own and figure it out. It's up to you but those are the two options. So to get, like I said, each floor is a different dimension. Each floor holds a different set of information for you to access. Um, and to get into each successive floor, your vibration has to match that floor. So the, the way that Miss Teal Swan describes it is as a radio. So you want to listen to like channel 94 FM, but you stop on 93 FM. So now you're just working against the radio waves and you're not gonna be able to hear anything. Same thing with the records. If you're working against the frequency of the floor, you're not going to be able to get onto that floor. And they're, they're successive. So you have to get from one to the next to the next. So you have to raise your frequency until you get to the floor that you want. So what are the floors? I've kind of explained it already, but I'm going to go into more detail. Um, Many people agree that the Akashic Records themselves reside in the fifth dimension, but In this context, the way that I'm describing it, the way that she described it, and the way that makes sense in my head, it doesn't make sense that they're only housed in one area. So, it'll make more sense as I talk about, especially when I get to like the fifth dimension, it'll make more sense. Now, like I said, people tend to not agree on the records themselves. Um, Which, again, honestly makes sense to me, because you have so many conflicting experiences of people who have accessed the records, of people who haven't accessed the records, of people who who are throwing their uh, uneducated opinion in there. (laughs) Like, So it makes sense to me, because you're going to experience everything differently than somebody else is going to experience them.
2: Well, I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, what if it, like, what if it just manifested to you as a library? Right. Like, not that it is, but that when you got there,
1: that's what it looked like. Right. Or, like, it could manifest as... That'd be crazy, first of all. That'd be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or it could manifest as, like, a filing system, like a bunch of filing cabinets. Who knows? Oh, God. Imagine, no, I don't want to imagine how many filing cabinets that would be. Well, you know what that made me
2: think of, too? Like, what if the dimensions for you manifested, like, it made me think of Nightmare Before Christmas, like the trees with the doors?
1: Oh, that's cute. That's an uh, that's I an know. interesting idea. I like that. Hold on. Can, is that how that can manifest for me? <laughs> I want that. <laughs> Jack, Jack was just going into the Akashic ret- Records each time.
2: Well, it made me think how you're talking about the floors. So it was like, what if you don't see them as floors, but you see them as doors?
1: Right. <laughs> or what if you see... Doors. <laughs> sorry i <hate> <laughs> <arms>.
2: <laughs> or whatever i don't know that's sort of my favorite thing about manifestation is that it really does look different everyone has a different experience that's what i think is fun but also i feel like people forget that so then they start saying stuff as fact But right. it's not fact it was just a manifestation for you
1: Right, and of course some people could share that manifestation, and more people could share it or more people could not, but it's going to be different for each person, in my own opinion.
2: Yeah. I, 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 I concur.
1: Full agreement. Okay, so now I'm going to go through the floors yeah. that are described by Teal Swan. Um Okay. So, I don't want to. I don't want to say like a specific point of reference, but that's kind of how how you have to start out with it. Um, so we'll say the first floor is the third dimension. It's our dimension. It's our physical personal body. So all you know is what's going on in your head, and you know the now to now to now moment. Um, each successive floor past the Past this dimension. Each successive floor is more expansive than the one below it. And it holds all of the information from the previous floor, including this new information that it presents. So like an upside down pyramid.
2: Exactly. So. Like little on the bottom and then it gets bigger.
1: Yeah, exactly. So third dimension is your first floor. It's the moment to moment. It's the now to now your physical body. We live here. We live here. (laughs) The the fourth dimension, which is the second floor, um, this gives you access to every thought that has ever been thought relative to this single lifetime from your birth to your death. So the moment that you were born to the moment that you die in the fourth dimension, you have access to every single thought, everything that's happened in that lifetime. Specifically that lifetime Oh Right It went, so, it went so, up quick
2: <laughs> I was like oh So every single thought So every single thought that's happened From May 13th 1998 until the day I die Is the second floor
1: Yes is the second floor um, In this fourth dimension <laughs> You <laughs> This is your thought form It's your energy body so when you astral project, that that's what you're going to essentially experience is your energetic body on the fourth in the fourth dimension. The next floor, the third floor, is the fifth dimension. So this is where it's going to start getting hard to understand and you're just going to have to roll with me because there's 11 floors. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so fifth Well, I say 11, but it's like 10, and then everything outside of 10. So the fifth dimension is every possible timeline for the single point that you've chosen from your third dimension life exists in this place. So it's every probability plat, every probability path since you were born for this life, <laughs> so
2: I don't know why, but the image that came to my brain it reminds me of um, Doctor Strange in uh, Infinity War when he saw all of the ways that they could defeat Thanos.
1: Yeah, that's, that's getting that up, up there makeup. too. Yeah. Well, let me let me continue. It might get easier to understand here in a second. <laughs> just a, just a tad. Um, so the sixth dimension, which is the fourth floor, um, which, so she didn't mark them as floors, but this is easier for me to understand. So some people might not say that the third dimension is the first floor. I'm saying that it's the first floor because you still have knowledge here, even if it's basic knowledge. Um...
2: I hope, so, or else we don't. We're not running a podcast,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> All or else, right.
2: what are we doing?
1: <laughs> Talking into the void. All right. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. So, fourth floor, sixth dimension. This is the unlimited. This is unlimited by space or time. So you've surpassed time. You've surpassed space. They they don't matter here anymore. Um, And you can experience a new timeline from any of the probabilities in the fifth dimension. So you can switch to an outcome of something that happened in your infancy and experience the lifetime if that thing hadn't happened or if it had happened differently. So you can experience the probability paths that were included in the fifth dimension if that makes sense.
2: (laughs) Okay, here's what's making sense. Well, here's what's in my brain. (laughs) Because I said the Doctor Strange thing. It makes me think of like, not that, but, like, a diet version of, like, what you were saying about these fifths and 6th floors. Only because he could see probabilities and he was seeing them from the point that they're at. Right. So really- it made me think, so, at some point, he is in the 5th and 6th dimension that you're describing, trying to see from this point and this point of Thanos, what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. What are the chances of everything?
1: That's what's making me think of. That's... That's a good way to explain it, to, to dumb it down so everybody else can... To water it down, I should say.
2: Because it, it, reminds, me, it reminds me of Doctor Strange when the Ancient One died, because she said, I can't go past this point. I've seen every probability, all timelines, but I can't see past right here, because mm. she was supposed to die.
1: Right. So
2: it makes me think she's clearly... I mean, to do that, you have to access a dimension. Right. <laughs> she's accessing...
1: Dimensions. Dimensions. <laughs> and. Yeah. That's what that
2: made me think of. It was like, yeah, what Doctor Strange was trying to see what timeline they defeat Thanos. So it made me think of.
1: Right. And.
2: I just watched these movies, you guys. <laughs> that's what I think. Of. <laughs> I just watched
1: them again. So the, the fifth and sixth dimension, in my opinion, So I'm going to keep saying it because somebody's going to be like, ah, that's not how it is, in my opinion. The fifth and sixth dimension are where shifting occurs. So everybody talks about the, like, shifting of realities. This is where that's going to occur. Next, you have the seventh dimension, which is the fifth floor. Um, So the sixth dimension here is treated like a single point. Um, There's no timeline, but also like all possible timelines, which could have and will have occurred since the big bang in this space. So let let me say that not separating everything. So the seventh dimension is where everything which could have and or will have occurred since the big bang are here. Every thought, every thought relative to this specific universe is in this space. And this is also the floor where if you're trying to access past lives, this is the floor you want to access. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Next is the eighth dimension, which is the sixth floor. And this is access to the infinity of the universe's lifetime in relation to the infinity of other universes. So the seventh floor is our universe's specific infinity. And the eighth floor is now including other universes' specific infinities. Next.
2: So, if you were a star seed and you had a past life on another planet, you would want to go there.
1: Well, the it depends on where the planet is, because we're not because if the planet is still within our universe's infinity, then no, they're gonna probably want to go to the seventh floor. Hold on. Yes. They're going to want to go to the seventh floor because that's just going to be a past life. But if the star seed planet was in an entire different universe, then the eighth floors are where they're going to want to go. Because the planet could be in a separate galaxy or it could be in a separate universe, which then separates them into the seventh and eighth, eighth floors. Okay. Okay. I feel like I wanna draw a picture, but I don't know how I would draw this picture. It'd be so you know what it makes me think of Just
2: because just because I can't necessarily wrap my brain around it completely doesn't mean I don't understand what you said. I understand what you meant. I understand.
1: No 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 that's not what I mean. (laughs) Is I'm trying to think of like images that can coincide with this and it makes me think of like zooming out from an atom. That's what it makes me think of.
2: Oh, God, don't even get me started. I did just watch (laughs) Ant-Man.
1: Don't even get me started. That's exactly what I just thought of, was Ant-Man. All right. Next one is the ninth dimension, which is the seventh floor. And that is access to the ability to instantly experience any path from any timeline in any universe. Okay. The tenth dimension, which is the eighth floor... Is the most expansive floor, or the top floor? So this is where all proper probabilities of all universes in the ninth floor are, and they're treated as a single point at this time. I said, okay. They're they're treated as a single point, point. <laughs> and then you have outside the tenth floor. Okay, wait okay because i just had the well i had a thought if
0: you're
2: a comic book fan i had the thought because the the multiple universes like in my 3d ass brain doesn't make sense to me but where it does make sense is because it makes me think of crisis on infinite earths because that is the whole point of that is multiple universes in dc Mm. (laughs) like that's that is the closest thing that makes me think of it because that's it's like Superboy Prime is from a completely different universe. Not their planet. Not their galaxy. Not that. Nope. He not. Nope. He gone. He over here. Like, inseparable to our three D ass brains. <laughs> it does make me think of comic books because Marvel does the same thing. There's right. multiple universes. That is the best way I could do it because I it's in a weird way. I feel like comic books already explained it. Like better than like we I feel like I can.
1: You know what? <laughs> you know what does it really really good that can what? explain it is the Spider-Verse.
2: Yeah, like that's what I'm thinking. Comic books like already explained.
1: Yeah. It, that but,
2: I don't think they realize that they have, but they have cuz the multiple universe thing doesn't make sense to me right now, but I read it. Right. in comics. Interesting. Got him. <laughs> Well, yeah, interesting, yeah Because I was just sitting here being like I was just sitting here being like, when you say universes All I can think is comic books And I'm like, well, because comic books kind of already explained it They got, they,
1: they they did it They got it? They got it
2: You know what? This is why I love being a writer We've already done all this
1: We've already cracked it <laughs> Cracked the code Okay All right this is the last one. <laughs>
2: so. Oh, well, okay. Well, because you said... And then you said the tenth dimension is a single point. Whether or not this is it, it makes me think of the Flashpoint Paradox. Because the way that's written feels like from one spot. Right. But it's multiple universes. Yeah, okay. dead ass. we're not there yet. I don't want to talk over you, but reading The Flash, I think is the best way. Reading the Spider-Verse stuff or reading stuff for The Flash? Because those seem like the two things I have tried to do the multiple dimension thing the best to me. Because that's what The Flash does all the time. So he keeps fucking it up, first of all. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does all the time. And then they did the Spider-Verse stuff. Because that's the whole point of Miles Morales. He's in a different universe.
1: Yeah. I yeah. didn't even think about that. I should have talked about that. Yeah. That's not what I'm... That's not my media today. But... You got it, and anyway. Spider Man,
2: Spider Man, twenty ninety nine, is well. He's in the future, but he is also a different universe. I think.
1: Yeah, Miguel, right? I think is his yeah, name. Yeah, Miguel.
2: Yeah, he wasn't very well liked, but I remember him. Because then you have like the Gwenpool and stuff. Because she's like there, like and then she's like a Deadpool figure, but like Like anyway. Yeah. Comic books.
1: Comic books.
2: The best way for us to wrap our brains around this is comic books.
1: <laughs> Read a New comic. Comics.
2: Read some comics. Okay, what was okay? And then you said and then beyond the tenth dimension.
1: Yeah. So outside the tenth dimension, um, there is no longer the library, but it is the library itself. So it encompasses the entirety of the library. This is the zero point field. It is past the tenth, so you no longer have like a point of reference. So this, this, this floor, this dimension, um, this not floor, because it's the whole fucking library. This is source. This is like the sea of all probability values and all probability waves. Uh, th- th- to me, this is the perfect explanation of primordial soup. <laughs> that is what this is. It okay. encompasses everything that could ever be... In every universe, ever to ever. <laughs> okay.
2: And that that. For some reason, that makes me think of Ant-Man, because it makes me think of the kind of like the fact where you you just keep shrinking forever, but not even forever, because at some point it's just nothing. Right. But everything.
1: Exactly. Okay. <laughs>
2: Comics. Comic books. Comics already did it. We don't have to sit here and explain it. Comic books did.
1: Comic, oh, comic writers are clearly spiritual.
2: Comic book writers are just crazy enough to go, but what if this?
1: But what if? <laughs> so that, that finishes out the floors, that finishes out the dimensions, that finishes out the Akashic Records all together.
2: If I go to these dimensions i don't because it's reminding me too of the dr strange where he had to go to dormammu's dimension where there is no time and everything is just nothing but everything and i'm like i don't want to see him though is he he's not real right so <laughs> i don't want to see him there
1: well you might just see a Please. giant owl instead you never no. know <laughs> no well
2: okay. that's better than dormammu but
1: I don't know, he wants to eat people like mice. Anyway.
2: That reminds me of the the, the, uh, the bird with the lady face.
1: Oh my god, Mary, stop. <laughs> stop bringing her up. <laughs> That's what you're going to see. I don't want to see her. Ugh. Whatever. Next is yeah. how to access them. Okay. Um, so become the Flash.
2: Become the flash. No, okay. Okay.
1: So uh, what I saw a lot because she doesn't go into how to access the Akasha Records. So I did have to go out and about, but it seems everyone pretty much is concurrent on how to do it. Um, well, similar okay. ways of doing it. <laughs> That's nice. Um, they also a lot of people agree that accessing the Akashic Records should not be your goal. So I'm going to go through the ways to do it, like how to access it. But these are more like steps and suggestions, which accessing the Akashic Records will more be a byproduct than the end goal, if that makes sense. So the
2: goal would be, like, visiting your past lives.
1: Sort of, but, but like, it's... But, like,
2: but, you're, but you could go through the Akashic Records.
1: Yes, but more um, on the side of developing spiritually would be the goal. And accessing your past lives would help you develop spiritually. And to do that, you could access the Akashic Records okay that's what i mean so i guess
2: well i was thinking that but i also didn't want to say it because i kind of felt like that was like no shit but i mean like you're right yeah i, I want to develop spiritually but i was just like i mean i do gotta say that i said it <laughs> i want to spirits i need help <laughs> okay
1: <No, laughs> so yes th- i do <laughs> yeah, so these are more like steps to doing it rather than actually accessing it because I feel like that's probably more close practice stuff and stuff you have to go actually study for, probably. Um, because I was reading a couple blogs and a lot of those people had to study specifically for a year and then, like, about the Akashic Records, about how to access them, do them, so on and so forth. And then it still took them another like year and a half to properly access the Akashic Records. So it's gonna take a while. This, this takes dedication and it will go faster if you focus on your spirituality and growing spiritually rather than focusing on just getting into the Akashic Records.
2: Well, if I may be so bold, like we just said previous episode about how magic is about surrender, not control. Some things almost feel like they just happen. If I may be so bold. No, that's pretty if much you're it. Focused, <clears throat> well, if you're focused on developing spiritually, it's like you're almost just going to hit these marks. Yeah. Whereas you can't be like being obsessed with I want to do this one thing. You're almost guaranteeing it's not going to happen.
1: Well, so that's that's like one of the things I did okay, see. Okay, well,
2: I believe in manifestation, so I'm saying you're guaranteeing it's not going to happen because you're obsessed.
1: Right. But. The That's basically um, one of the things I did saw, like saw, one of the things I did see a lot was that you need to trust the universe when you put out your question for the Akashic Records. You need to trust the universe. You need to not fight it, and part of not fighting it is to release it. And just accept whatever answers come your way. You like when you put out the the question, you don't sit there and you don't think about it and you don't like search and search and search. You have to accept that the universe is gonna bring you the answer and just let it be.
2: I well, I, w- I was thinking similarly, but I was I was thinking in terms of spirits. I was thinking of like of Hermes here. And it's like if Hermes wanted to if wanted me to go there, to, like he would. Right. If he was, like, the sicko cop to take me, it wouldn't be up to me. But it would, because I would have to surrender, but it wouldn't. Because you would just be... It would just be time. (laughs) (laughs) It would be him being like, it's time.
1: But okay. I'm going to take you now. It's like, oh, okay. He's sitting here like, oh shit, it is? (laughs) Oh, fuck, looking at his watch, like, oh shit, let's go. Oh shit, it is? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Alright, so... Can so, you
2: imagine getting it? I did think, you talking about librarians, could you imagine, like, you visiting and you just see all these spirits, like, from all these religions that have access to the Akashic
1: Records, they're just, they're and just there, like, on these floors? All these ones that you recognize and then all the ones that you don't because they come from other universes and other timelines and all these other different places?
2: Dude, What? You're like, oh wow, there's a new bis Oh wow, there's this one. Oh,
1: wow, Hi. what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh wow, who are you? So <laughs> Let's go through these really quick um, You have to let go of limiting beliefs Yeah Because you have to believe That the Akashic Records exist And you have to believe you can get there those are like the two main things And that goes for everything in witchcraft You have to believe that it exists And you have to believe that you can do it.
2: it We've spent the past year talking about intention This year is about surrender Yeah <laughs> Seriously
1: um, Next you have to become an energetic match For that frequency I've said that multiple times And that's where a lot of these steps come into play so you need to do your shadow work Because this is going to help raise your frequency You need to do your shadow work You need to work through your shit Because otherwise you're going to be In a state of Like that doesn't allow You're not in a state of allowing You're in a state of like fighting it So do your shadow work Do your due diligence
2: <laughs> It reminds me of the Manifestation back then when I said You're When you're obsessed, you're operating in a state of lack. That's why you don't get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. A state of lack. (laughs) Uh, Next, you need to strengthen your intuition. Again, that'll help because everything's (laughs) connected. Right, because when you're accessing your intuition, you are accessing like the like portions of the akashic records. That is your. That is your energetic... Getting information from them. Uh, I lost my whole train of thought. Yes, so strengthen your intuition because your intuition is you accessing parts of the records. The sacred prayer can be used... um, Well, they say that it can be used to help you access the records. I don't know what the sacred prayer is. I'm pretty sure I have seen it, but I'm not going to explicitly tell you what it is because I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's tantric, tantric but don't quote me on that. I haven't looked into it yet, maybe another time. <laughs> Next, you can journal. It, it seems to always come back to journaling and meditation. And then, lastly, you can petition a deity or a spirit who has access to the akashic records. Is yes, some of them have more access than others? We've talked about this, so on and so forth. Some I of talked the, about
2: Lord Yama, the Sika who right. is explicitly is said to have access.
1: Right. Some of these are Anubis, which we've also explained has access. Thoth, which essentially was the original keeper, was the original I have, keeper. I, I have. I have that information. Don't say my stuff yet. (laughs) For Egypt. Go ahead. Um, and then even Hecate also has access. Uh, but hers were called the Labyrinth of Hecate. They're the same thing. Everything is the same, it all intersects, they're all basically the same thing. They're just called different things.
2: Hey, you know that collective unconscious that we said? Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Hey, you know how stuff has different names, but it's the same shit?
1: Yeah. Um, There are other deities I don't know their names I tried to look them up But it just seemed like the internet did not want to work with me After that So I said cool Uh, Those are the three that I remember Chill And uh, that's what I have That's what I have for the Akashic Records
2: So if you would like to go back to our Sycopomp episode To have some, some Peoples can you can because sickle pops that's what they do? <laughs> not all of them, though. I trust not all of them, but some of them. Oh gosh, because it now makes me think of like you remember when we were wa- when we were watching Jacksepticeye play that god of war and he went to the person with all the knowledge and the tree and he was ahead and whatever.
1: Oh my god, yes, <laughs> yes, that I makes do. me
2: think that would that's that for Norse mythology. I know Norse mythology has that same thing and i just don't know what it's called it
1: the it's the seven realms and they have the world tree yeah because he drank from he drank from the milk of the goat of the world tree or something like that i know there's a goat and i know its liquids provide lots of stuff
2: well i know that's the inspiration for also, the inspiration for the Hanged Man card in Tarot is because yes. Odin had to sacrifice his eye and hang there and get knowledge. Whatever. <laughs> That's why Odin doesn't have an eye, you guys. You didn't ask, but that he is gave why. it up for knowledge. <laughs> Surrender. Surrender.
1: I mean, isn't that the what the hanged, hanged Man talks about?
2: <laughs> That's what I... Yep. The ha- you have to be the Hanged Man in Magic.
1: Yeah you can't just be the magician That doesn't work all the time
2: Well how can you be a magician without being the hanged man first
1: Can't be the priestess either No Anyways it all comes together
2: (laughs) (laughs) Basic. okay I know we talk about this a lot but we just talked about like Intuition and attention and like all this And surrender and you just like It's like everything is the same thing all the time in witchcraft
1: <laughs> <laughs> It all comes down to the same thing Every single time
2: It's like we're just repeating ourselves Every episode
1: No literally
2: In a way magic is really straightforward <laughs> Cause it had like I oh don't know let me not even I can't even explain what I'm thinking But it's almost like magic is not even that deep It's real <laughs> simple
1: It's real simple when you let it be.
2: But that's the thing. It's like nobody, it's like people make it hard. It's like love. I know that may sound a certain way, but I feel like people make love hard. Love's not hard. It's people who make it hard.
1: (laughs) Full agreement. Just let
2: it, just let it happen. That's how I feel about magic. You just have to let it happen. I'm taking a drink of water, (laughs) hold (laughs) on. It's hot. It's 12.03 for me and it is still 80 degrees outside.
1: Jesus H.
2: Yeah. Oh god, I have burps. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Just
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of the Akashic records. I have one of them. I have somebody who could take you there. <laughs>
1: Tell us about him. Talk to us about him. Okay.
2: So I have found one of my spiritual allies, and it is the Greek god Hermes, which I am not Greek as far as I know, so that to me is the validation that they pick you and you don't pick them, and sometimes there's not really a reason,
0: because
2: it's not a bloodline thing, but I'm not going to question it. Because it's not my place. <laughs> also, I feel like Hermes is the kind of spirit if I said, but why? He'd be like, girl, shut up. Just well, shut up. don't, worry don't about it." Girl, don't worry about it. So I have a lots of sources. I have just put them all on the top, and I'm just going to name them. You can go to any of these websites or books or what have you to get this information. I have the Encyclopedia of Spirits that we've referenced before. Britannica.com, WorldHistory.org, GreekMythology.com, Wikipedia, ThePaganGroup.tumblr.com, Theoi.com, T-H-E-O-I. That's how it's spelled. NeoCoroy.org and TwelfthRemedy.tumblr.com. You may know a bit about Hermes because he is pretty popular. So, some of this you're just going to know, but you just bear with me. So, before Hermes was the winged messenger of Mount Olympus, he was a pastoral spirit who presided over the fertility of women and livestock. He was among the most popular of Olympian spirits. In fact, but like that's uh, valid enough that we still venerate him today. That tends to be how it goes. The ones that were very popular then are the ones that survived, so we can know about them now. Because they don't ever die. Their statues and stuff are still up. So, Hermes is the lord of animal husbandry as well as language, communication, trade. Travel, divination, astrology, and astronomy. His specialty is claromancy, which is originally divination using small pebbles, which eventually evolved into dice. So nowadays you would use dice, but back in the Greek times they used small pebbles. Hermes is the trickster lord of crossroads. He is a spirit of luck and patron of gamblers, especially those who play with dice. So like, like Yahtzee and stuff. Like the game with the cup and the dice. I know it a, there's another name for that, but. <laughs> I can't remember it. Hermes protects thieves and he also protects against thieves. You know, the crossroads and boundaries and whatever. He plays both sides often. So he appreciates if you are a thief, but he will also protect you from thieves. He may be invoked for the gift of gab, business success, and true omens. He is the lord of cunning and mother wit. He is a patron of poetry specifically poetry. I think a lot of people just think writing in general, which would be true, but he does have a soft spot for like poetry and songwriting. He was also known to dress up as a mortal and visit humans to test their hospitality. So he can be seen as a patron of hospitality. I don't know if it's known that he still does that. Cause there are some spirits who are known nowadays to do that. I'm not sure if he still does, although I wouldn't count it out. He might do. So if you get approached by some person who you might find rather ick, it may be Hermes in disguise. So he's testing you. Just be nice to other people. So Hermes appears in Greek mythology more often than any other deity. The Greeks identified him closely with the Egyptian god of wisdom and magic, Thoth, and the Egyptian god of mummification Anubis. As far as the Greeks were concerned, they were the same. Now, Thoth and Anubis both have animal heads. The Greeks didn't like stuff like that. Neither did the Romans. So, if you took an Egyptian deity that had animal personifications, the Greeks and the Romans would try their best to um, make them something else or identify them to just make themselves comfortable whatever because if you know anything about like Anubis I just told you before in our psychopops episode he is a psychopop Hermes is a psychopop to the Greeks that was like oh okay so him okay I understand and because of the language communication Hermes is a known shaman so thought To the Greeks, that made sense. Hermes is said to have learned the mysteries of the universe, which he sought to teach to others. Hermes has been equated with Odin and Wotan, which was what the Germans called Odin. They called him Wotan in Norse and Teutonic mythology. And he has been equated with the Buddha. He also closely resembles the trickster gods of West Africa, the Eshus, and the animal deities of Native American peoples. So if you know anything about other trickster gods, be very lots of similarities. Hermes along with Thoth is personified in Hermes Trismegistus. Trig, okay. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Trismegistus. Hermes T R I S M E G I S T U S who is a mythical figure said to have written the Hermetica texts of ancient sacred learning and lore. Also known as um, Akashic records. So Hermes and Thoth together were said to have written basically the Greek and Roman version of that. That's what they called them. Let me just take a second. I remember reading this and I didn't write it down. In a, witchcraft or rather more medieval times, you may have heard of them as the emerald tablets or something like that. I remember I've heard these before. Those are from the Hermetica texts. So Hermes is a shaman. He travels between realms, hence his eventual role as Zeus's messenger. The idea that Hermes represented movement is reflected in his role as the leader of both the nymphs, because he was a pastoral spirit, and the Graces, also called the carates. In Roman times, they were called Graces. For Greeks, they were called Carities. Same thing. The carates are the—they're represented often by the Three of Cups, three very joyous ladies. That's—that's that's them. He is a sycopomp who conveys the souls of the dead to Hades, as I've said. Sacrifices were made to Hermes on the final day of Greek festivals of the dead to ensure that he would escort the dead souls back to Hades. So on the last day, people would, like, pour wine on the ground and sacrifice goats and things to just make sure Hermes came to the party and that when he left, he would take the ghosts, please. Take them back. So if a ghost refuses to vacate your premises, Hermes may be asked to escort them to a more appropriate place. Hermes is not violent or particularly aggressive, but he does enjoy playing tricks and the periodic practical joke. So he will be a troublesome spirit for those lacking humor and humility. If you can't take a joke, you will just find him annoying.
1: That's fair. That's a trickster god thing that I think
2: yeah I remember I was moving on top of the off topic I was moving his altar to a different part of my room and I swear I kept spilling water everywhere and the whole time I was just giggling because I was like bro can you just stop <laughs> can you just <laughs> I'm just trying to move your home can you stop nope <laughs> I hope he thought it was funny because <laughs> he didn't have to clean it up Hermes is known for killing Hera's guardian, Argus, by boring him to death. <laughs> Argus was the. <laughs> wow. Argus was the uh, giant who was ha- was covered in eyes. I'm paraphrasing. He's the giant that was covered in eyes who didn't sleep. His job was to watch over Eo, who Zeus slept with, and she was pregnant. Of course he did. It's- right, and Hera wasn't down Hermes uh, had the job of killing him after he put Argus to sleep successfully somehow Hermes touched the guard with his staff to kill him so he is sometimes considered the patron of euthanasia or the gentle death which I find weirdly sweet some some people are violent death he just wants to put you to sleep and just it's okay it's bedtime forever. Hermes also freed Ares from his year-long imprisonment in a cauldron by the twin giants Otis and Iphalates. One of his most famous regular roles was as a leader of souls to the River Styx in the Underworld, where the boatman Charon would take them to Hades. So you pass away, and you have your Coins to get in the boat, and Hermes is the one that takes you there and puts you in the boat, and then waves you off. <laughs> bye bye. Hermes was also known as a trickster, stealing at one time or another Poseidon's trident, Artemis's arrows, and Aphrodite's girdle. I just had a moment of imagining that because you could you imagine Poseidon going home and being like, no, nah, because no, nah, because I know where I put it. Where is it at? I bet it was Hermes. I, what was he even going to do with it? Nothing.
1: Probably nothing. Just fuck around. Sell it. Oh, my he probably God. sold it. <laughs> like an unwanted bike.
2: He probably traded it for something. I don't know what, but probably. Poseidon comes back up. He's like, where did you put it? Put Mm -hmm. what? You know... Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Boy. So, Hermes figures in the Trojan War, as told by Homer in the Iliad. In one lengthy passage, he acts as a counselor and guide... To the Trojan King Priam in his attempt to reclaim the body of his fallen son Hector, but Hermes actually supports the the Achene the a- oh my god, I hate Greek sometimes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he supported the other group. He was not in, he was not in support of the Trojans, though so he acted as a counselor to their king because Hermes plays both sides. I'll I'll keep saying it because because that is one thing he will do. He said, you know, I have no loyalty. (laughs) Only to my mama. That's the only person he's loyal to. (laughs) And Zeus. His parents. That's it. No one else. (laughs) The god is most often described by Homer as Hermes the guide, slayer of Argos, and Hermes the kindly. Hermes gives particular help to Odysseus, especially on his long-return voyage to Ithaca, as told in the Odyssey. For example, giving him an antidote to the spells of Circe. Or Kirki, as it would be pronounced in Greek. But Circe sounds better. So, that's what we're going to (laughs) say. Another hero helped by the god was Perseus. Hermes gave him an unbreakable sword, or sickle. Uh, adamantine. I almost said adamantium, and I was like, no, no, that's Wolverine.
1: I (laughs) see. That's what Wolverine has. As soon as I see a word similar to that, that's where my brain goes, adamantium. No, motherfucker.
2: No, 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 no. (laughs) So, Hermes is the one who gave Perseus the unbreakable sword, and he was the one who guided him to the three fates who would reveal the location of Medusa. So we wouldn't have an Odysseus and a Perseus if it wasn't for Hermes. Just just know that. You're welcome. That's how Hermes feels. You're welcome. So Hermes prowls around at night bringing dreams. You can request that he deliver prophetic dreams or that he provide relief from nightmares. Hermes, as divine child wears sandals and carries a staff, which means that his image closely resembles that of the holy child of Atocha, yes, Atocha. And in post-Christianity, many of Hermes's functions were assigned to Archangel Michael. So noted for his impish character and constant search for amusement, Hermes was one of the most colorful gods in Greek mythology. Okay, this is my favorite story. And I had to put it in here for you. While still a baby, he stole his half-brother Apollo's herd of 50 sacred cattle from Pieria, cleverly reversing their move marks by adding bark shoes to make it difficult to follow their tracks.
1: What a rude bitch. I I think I've heard this one before. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I have to rephrase. I said while well, still a baby, this is the first day of his life.
1: <laughs> so, extra early on.
2: He literally just got here and he already is stealing shit. So Herbie's therefore became associated with thieves, and he managed to keep the stolen herd of cattle until the satyrs finally discovered it in a cave in Arcadia. After a hearing before Zeus and the Olympian gods, Hermes was permitted to hold on to the herd, now down to 48, as he had already sacrificed two of them, if he gave Apollo his lyre. So, this episode illustrates the gods' link to both physical and moral boundaries and crossing them. To invent said lyre... Or Lear. You could say Lear, but that would be wrong. (laughs) Hermes killed a tortoise and scooped out the flesh. Then, honoring the Pleiades, which he would do. I'm not there yet. But to honor the Pleiades, he stretched seven strings of sheep gut over the empty shell. Then... I did not write this down, but I remember it. He then decided to write a sonnet for how amazing he was. (laughs) Which is why he's the patron of poetry. Because he then wrote a song. About himself.
1: Man, arrogant ass. (laughs) Like,
2: so Apollo was so... Angry at Hermes, that bad things might have happened if Hermes hadn't appeased Apollo with the liar accompanied song. So he also wrote Apollo a song because Big Brother was real fucking mad. And I remember one of the one of the sections that ex- that explained the story was that Apollo went to Zeus and said, "This is what had happened," and Zeus said, "That is a baby." <laughs>
1: That is a trial. That
2: baby did not. That is an actual baby. There's no way he did all that. And Apollo said, uh, 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 "Okay, but okay. So where my where are my cows?" Hmm. He did it. I'm telling you, he did it. So in exchange for the song, Apollo forgave his little brother everything and swore to be his closest friend forevermore. Some say. That as a token of this promise, Apollo gifted Hermes with the latter one's most emblematic object, the caduceus. So, they switched. (laughs) Hermes stole Apollo's cattle. And made a liar. And then, to appease Apollo, because Apollo was literally about to shake this baby. Oh god, (laughs) Hermes gave Apollo the musical instrument... And Apollo, in return, gave Hermes the Caduceus. Apollo was like, this little motherfucker. This little shit. Don't. I'll punch a baby. I don't care. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Zeus said all of my sons.
1: Oh, how I Look love at them. them. Look at my sons. Look at them they' being told you. nice to each other. They're like,
2: as Apollo's over here choking Hermes. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and I said He stole Artemis's arrows Hermes is just He just <laughs> He's just a burden on his siblings That's what he is So Hermes was born in a cave To the goddess I always say Maya Because it's spelled M-A-I-A But That is where we get the month of May from So Pronounce that however you want to, but I'm going to keep saying Maya, cause that makes sense in my head, and I feel like I've been saying it for too long that I can't change it now. <laughs> you know? Like, that's how it is to me. <laughs> Who is the oldest of the seven Pleiades, hence why he wanted to honor them? Zeus is his father, which is probably why he took a lot of, um... He was just, he just said, you know, you did this, but you're my son, so it's okay. His name is probably derived from the word herma, which is the Greek word for a heap of stones used in the country to denote boundaries or landmarks. He makes his home in Mekone, Mekone, which is called Poppy Town, quote unquote. The earliest center of his cult was probably in Arcadia, where Mount Selene C-Y-L-L-E-N-E, was reputed to be his birthplace. Hermes is associated with birth, death, and sex because of the, the fertility, you know. Although now often portrayed as androgynous, Hermes was originally a very virile phallic deity. His sexual partners include Aphrodite and countless nymphs. He grew up in a cave in the mountains. All there was was nymphs, <laughs> and he was okay with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he said, "But I'm sure when yeah.
2: he, I'm sure when he got to Olympus and he saw the nice goddesses that lived there, he went. i <laughs> will get in there.' Oh my God." Maybe that's why he tried to. That's why he wanted to save Ares when he was stuck in that cauldron, because he's sleeping with Aphrodite. He just felt. felt some type of way.
1: Felt obligated?
2: Yeah, he's like, let me get on this person's good side, because I'm not right now.
1: (laughs) Because I am currently in danger.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Once Ares finds out that I've been sleeping with Aphrodite, I think he might injure me. So. He was never given an official wife, according to the myths. Aphrodite bore him. Hermaphroditus, who is the god of androgyny, effeminacy, and hermaphroditism. And possibly Tyche, who is the goddess of fortune. The nymph, Driope, is who he had Pan with, who is the god of goat herds and hunting also where we get the word panic from who is a pastoral spirit if you notice Hermaphroditus well first of all was a boy and then you can go read the myth that's why they are now androgyny which I feel more has to do with Aphrodite than it does Hermes but they both represent sex so there's that Tyche, fortune who also has to do with Hermes who is luck and then Pan who is a pastoral spirit so it all tracks Later poets sometimes link Hermes with Patho, who is the goddess who personifies persuasion and seduction, so some people see that as his, as his wife. Or he is sometimes linked with Miss Hecate, which they are both shamanic sycopalms, so why not? They're both always in the same place, and they can both go there, so why not? Hermes doesn't care. And Miss Hecate also enjoys some, some men's. So, why not?
1: I was going to say, good, <laughs> for <her. laughs> good for her.
2: Good for her. So, once, Hermes and Apollo, back at it again, these two brothers, honestly, Apollo probably loves Hermes, because if he can't, he's just going to hate Hermes. <laughs> i have to love you because you're always there up my ass every time i turn around it's you that's how apollo feels and dionysus is the youngest of the olympians and hermes is the second youngest so really apollo was like listen you are a baby you are my baby brother it's my job to not kill you unfortunately (laughs) for me To take care of you. God damn it. So get out of the way, please. Because you're really pushing it. <laughs> so once Herbie's and Apollo both fell in love simultaneously with the virgin Keone. And slept with her on the very same day.
1: Damn. Go her. Good for her.
2: <laughs> Good for her. They were probably fighting to get in the doorway. Like, shoulder to shoulder. They were like, Move! She said, I can come into her bedroom. She's just sitting there, they're just fighting. Good for her. <laughs> Later, Kione gave birth to twins. So, Philip, yeah, Philemon, I was almost gonna, I couldn't, my brain was like, no, what does I say? Philemon took after Apollo and became a famous musician. And unsurprisingly, Hermes' son. Autolycus became the prince of thieves who could change the shape of any object. So they're twins and one became a musician and one became a thief because that's how genetics work. Listen, the Greeks didn't know. Okay. (laughs) Maybe that's how it went down. So at least, you know what? At least he and I had to have it one. Like it was one birth, one pregnancy, not two. Fair enough. Two sons, but it happened in one go. <laughs> Poets say that not few of his traits were inherited by his grandson, Odysseus, which is probably why he felt so obligated to help him. Because Odysseus was really struggling, and Hermes said, Damn, that's my kin. I might want to help. I don't want to, but I will. So Hermes is credited with many inventions, including the musical scale, the lyre, as I explained, the alphabet, the Greek alphabet, boxing, gymnastics, weights, measures, and olive culture. Athena may have brought the olive tree, but Hermes is the one who taught people how to process the fruit and oil. So she gave us the tree, and Hermes said, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I could do something with that. Thanks, Athena. I could do something with these fruits. Famous for his diplomatic skills, he is also regarded as the patron of languages and rhetoric. Orators, I was going to say orators, and I didn't want to. But orators (laughs) regarded the god who transferred words from sender to receiver as their patron, as did interpreters, which is another group of boundary crossers. And even today, the study and interpretation of text carries his name, which is hermeneutics. I just had a moment. I was like, I did want to do linguistics as a kid. Wow. Mm-hmm. Real, Hermes has really been like here.
1: Up your ass just, this I'm whole just, time. I just
2: didn't notice him my whole life. I was like, oh, I must have been annoying for him. I'm sorry. he said I have all these children and this one's just dumb so in the Hellenistic period the god was often associated with gymnasia and seen as the protector of youths specifically male youths so he was very fond of the Olympics we'll say that (laughs) he enjoyed them very much He wanted to see the young men do the flips and the tricks. And me too. I didn't list any, but he did have a couple of male lovers. The Greeks didn't care about stuff like that. So, he did have some. I actually think it said that Perseus was very fond of Hermes. I don't know if it said Hermes was fond of Perseus, but Perseus was down. Which I I suppose you would be. He helped him kill Medusa, so... Of course, in Latin, in Roman times, he was known as Mercury. So you could also say he rules over Mercury from the Greek perspective. I think I actually have that listed down here somewhere, which is the fastest planet to orbit the sun. You know, messenger spirit. To be fair, I don't see in the mythology that he's known for his speed, but that is how he is represented in modern times. He is known to be speedy. I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know how fast he was. Just because he traveled, I don't know if he did it fast. But that is how we see him now. Speedy. So Hermes favors merchants, gamblers, travelers, thieves, but only if they're not violent. He likes clever thieves, not thugs and buggers. So sorry if you've done that here. He is not down. He wants you to use your brain to steal, not beat people up. He also favors those who live by their wits, boxers because he invented boxing, bike messengers, postal workers, diviners. Now, even though he is known for clairvoyancy, I assume he's fine. With other forms of divination he wrote you know esoteric texts i think he's just down for esoteric things (laughs) he also favors mediums he favors magicians and illusionists hospitality workers hotel and innkeepers travel guides veterinarians and vet techs animal breeders herdsmen and cow cowboys I was gonna say cowboys, because I was still looking at herdsmen. Cowboys, <laughs> diplomats, bankers and bank tellers, stockbrokers and donation center workers, to name a few things. I tried to be very thorough with my information, because spirits are very complex. I didn't want to leave anything out. He traditionally manifests wearing a traveler's Broad brimmed hat called a petasos, his wing sandals called talaria. T- oh, I don't know where my brain was trying to go. Talaria, <laughs> and a merchant's satchel, which was like a little pouch. Usually, like hanging off the belt, as far as I've seen. Also, he has a staff, like a stick. Maybe, like in modern times, a cane. But you know, like when you go hiking and you take a stick to help you hike like that. So Hermes has been through many transitions. His most ancient images portray him in the form of an erect phallus. He is represented by a cairn or a carn, I'm not sure, of stones, which is just a stack of stones. Statues called herms were used to portray him. They were tall rectangular pillars displaying his head on top and his erect penis sticking out because of fertility. Herms were placed at crossroads. Women seeking fertility would partition Hermes at a herm, placing flower garlands around his neck or elsewhere. Hermes was then envisioned as a robust man carrying a lamb around his shoulders. Finally, he was portrayed in the form most pop. Oh, yeah. I, I wrote familiar, but my brain said popular. So popular today, which is the winged, sandaled, androgynous messenger that we know him as. It seemed as time went on, they wanted to portray him more as a youth because he took a liking to youths instead of an older male. And as I said, he is. One of the younger Olympians. So it sub- I makes sense to me. In ancient Greek, archaic and classical art, Hermes is depicted holding the caduceus staff, which is signifying his role as a herald. The stick is either cleft or with an open figure of eight at the top. He has his sandals. He's wearing a long tunic or a leopard skin. He's wearing the cap, and sometimes he has a lyre, which if you don't know what that looks like, it's like a little harp, a little tiny harp. Um, you see them a lot, like, in Christianity, cherubs are usually holding the little lyres, little harps. He may also carry a ram in his nod to a patron of shepherds, especially in Arcadian art. In association with youths, the god was often portrayed as a beardless youth, holding the infant Hercules or holding Achilles. I don't know why, but that he was. They're both men who are known for being strong warriors. I feel like he saw it coming. He said yes. These ones. At the same time, his, associ- with tra- his association with trade is evidenced in the seals of Delos, where he carries a purse. The little satchel I was talking about. Perhaps the most celebrated depiction of Hermes in Greek art is the magnificent statue by Praxiteles, which once stood in the Temple of Hera at Olympia and now resides in the Archaeological Museum of the site. So he's got a real famous statue you can google it of course his attribute is a caduceus which is a staff entwined by two snakes usually confused with the rod of asclepius which is a staff entwined by one snake hence why the caduceus is often incorrectly used as the symbol of modern medicine at some point somebody got keep they thought they were the same thing which is now why we have a caduceus as a symbol of modern medicine, even though Hermes is not a healer. He can use the staff to induce sleep or rouse people from sleep, but that's not medicine. <laughs> Asclepius is a medicine man. So hence the, you know, you know, but we still use, well, actually the caduceus isn't too popular today for modern medicine i also read, but you can still see it sometimes, and honestly, who cares? <laughs> That's what it represents now, but we're not even going to debate it, who cares? His spiritual allies are his mother, Maya, who is the oldest of the seven Pleiades. She now stays in that cave. She likes to be in the cave and be by herself. She had no intention of being an Olympian, but Hermes said, we're going We're going to go live up there. His son Pan is also an ally, and nymphs tend to be his allies. Hermes is an extremely unpretentious spirit. He is among the Greek spirits least often honored with formal temples. Instead, he is present at crossroads and in wild nature. You can invoke his presence or summon him by erecting a herm or a carn of stones, especially at a four way crossroads. So, you know, in the shape of an X. Hermes was honored just about everywhere in ancient Greece. Athens had one of his oldest cults where the Hermia festival, H-E-R-M-A-I-A festival for young boys was held annually. Delos, Tanagra, and the Cyclades were other places where Hermes was especially popular. Finally, the god was noted on Crete at Cato Sime, where young men about to become full citizens engaged in a two month long rite where they spent time cultivating homosexual relations with older men in the mountains thereabouts. Because, you know, Hermes doesn't care about boundaries. That's his thing. He don't fucking care. I told you, he had a thing with Perseus. He likes the warrior men's. Another Hermia festival on Crete permitted slaves to temporarily take the part of their masters. So, two ways Hermes' association with crossing boundaries is evident. He very much enjoys when people um, don't do what they're supposed to do.
0: <laughs> if there are
2: rules, Hermes said, okay. I don't care about those. But this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah, but what if it didn't though? <laughs> that's how Hermie that's how Hermes feels. <laughs> His sacred animals are Dogs, the tortoise, rooster, goat, cattle and oxen, hawk, ram, hare, and snake. Basically, farm animals or pastoral animals like grazing animals. Dogs and snakes because of the caduceus. His tree is a palm tree and the strawberry tree. I suppose because of the whole nature thing. I've never been to Greece, and I obviously don't know what it looked like in ancient times, but maybe there was a lot of strawberry trees that just grew.
1: They were just fucking everywhere.
2: He was definitely that little kid, covered, like, fingertips red, mouth red, comes back to the cave, his mom was like, are you eating strawberries again? I just made this roast. He has them in his pockets. That was him. His number is four and eight. The fourth day of the month is his birthday. That was how that was phrased. I took that to be the fourth day of every month. (laughs) The fourth day of the month. When the fourth day comes, every month, that is his birthday. It did not specify a month. So I'm not going to think about it too hard. I'm sure he very much appreciates July 4th when Americans get down. Because he's like, yes! (laughs) They're not celebrating you, Hermes. I don't care. Fireworks are happening. His sacred plant is the crocus. If you know, there is mythology for the crocus. That was a person. And then they were a plant. As Greek mythology does.
1: I was going to say so, just like Minth the Nymph
2: mm-hmm.
1: And then she was a mint plant
2: Yeah Crocus was a nice young man Who then was a dead young man Who no. then became the Crocus I think that was another one of Hermes' lovers I think he was fond of Crocus Also I think he killed Crocus on accident I'm not going to read you the myth Because I'm not going to pull it up But I think that's what happened Then he felt bad like most of the deities do, and then turn him into a plant, as if that means something. He's dead. He's a plant now. Some stones are marble or alabaster. And metals like silver, gold, and copper, which is anything used to make currency, can be associated with him. He likes the moolah. Just give him your loose change. Honestly, that is what I do. I just, I give him my loose change. Not all of it. Some of it. Some of it I want. Colors that can be associated with Hermes are red, purple, silver, gold, copper. Colors that you would associate with trade or merchants. Coins or plushness as in like, you know, fertility, green grass and stuff. Wednesday is his day since he was identified with... Woden, which I said is the German name for Odin, which is where we get Wednesday. You didn't know. Which I think is the best thing to learn, because once you learn like, oh, Odin is represented by Wednesday, I'm like, well, how? Because it starts with a W. That's how. That's how. The Germans, not the Norse. The Greeks called the day Hemera Hermu. The day of Hermes. His planet is Mercury, which is named after the Roman god Mercury. But the Greeks called the planet Aster Hermu, which is the star of Hermes. We are now, we're at the bottom. I tried very thoroughly to find, like, offerings and things you could put on the altar and things you could do to venerate. Because I want to know, but also... It's very nice to hear about the spirit, but then afterwards I'm like, well, like, what do I do about that? So I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Traditional offerings, as in offerings like back in the day, hypothetically, I'm sure maybe some of these are subject to debate because I'm not an ancient Greek, but some traditional offerings include frankincense, myrrh, camphor, the herb. You could burn some of that for him. Egg, ram, beef, mutton, pork, wheat, honey, honey honeycombs, olives, olive oil, cakes, strawberries, cinnamon, saffron, barley grains, goat or sheep's cheese, water, milk, wine, Mead, beer, anything made of silver, papyrus, pebbles, and herms. He is a meat eater. And clearly, he just likes to eat in general. It's probably all the gymnastics he's doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's just hungry.
1: As he should be.
2: Same. He's a growing boy, a spirit. A growing boy. Some modern offerings, because some of that. Not sometimes when I see offerings, there's a part of it that goes. Not only do I not want to do that, uh, I don't. Like I don't eat pork, so I'm like I don't want to buy pork and like cook it and like put it there. I don't want to do that. I don't
1: eat that. It's like that is one thing I prefer not to do. Thank you.
2: And some stuff is just hard to find. So. More modern offerings that you can find better, probably, include chocolate, whipped cream, coffee drinks, you know, the whole speedy thing. He likes some coffee. Same. Get him a frap. Chocolate, whipped cream, and coffee, get him a chapa chip. That is literally all three of that.
1: I'm gonna need one you can of those get tomorrow him. morning.
2: <laughs> uh yeah. Foreign foods because of the traveling. He likes he likes different stuff. I couldn't think of a word. It's like he likes stuff like that. He wants to see what everyone else eats and uses as money. Brightly colored Easter eggs. To honor his mischievous nature and fertility connections, oh my god, off topic, I just remembered that I dreamt about Easter eggs last night. Holy crap, that was, that just hit me. (laughs) I was like, didn't I dream about that? Yes. Blueberries, granola, almonds, walnuts, pecans. You can get him absinthe. I'm not going to get him absinthe, but you can. house beer gin vodka I can get down with the vodka that's fine okay (laughs) red bull because you know energy speedy I don't actually know if I want Hermes to have red bull oh I just drank this whole energy drink he probably would have liked some sorry (laughs) dry white wine To honor his smart side, the whole logical communication shaman side. And red wine to honor his death spirit side, his psychopomp side. So both. Maybe preferably both together. But, I mean, whichever. Do not... Let me just... We've said this before, but it's been a while. Don't, like, go pour. (laughs) trying to like buy everything on an altar or do everything please don't do that
1: no honestly go to goodwill
2: some spirit no for real some spirits i'll be dead ass some spirits want you to do that like some spirits are like bougie but unless you are dealing with that kind of spirit and you can also petition them to um, give you the money to do that don't go broke trying to do all this stuff please You can also offer blessed moon water, especially in Virgo, Cancer, or Gemini. He likes Storax incense. I don't know what that smells like, but there. He also likes White Sandal incense, although I think you could just burn regular old sandal. He likes Ginger incense, Dragon's Blood incense, Tobacco incense, Musk incense, champa incense, Lavender incense. Vanilla incense. I know he also likes the smell of strawberry, if you can't give him actual strawberries. Metal, jars, and any currency. You can also decorate your altar space with turtle shells and turtle-shaped objects or art. Feathers that are legal for you to own because some feathers are illegal. So please don't do anything illegal. Okay, well Hermes would like it. I'm just saying I don't I don't want you to. It's not my fault. Don't blame me. I said legally. If you have illegal feathers, that's you. Hermes won't care. <laughs> you could also give him dice, cards, Gold objects, silver objects, musical instruments, wands, amethyst, quartz, orange topaz, agate, strawberry art or toys, crocus flowers, written letters or stories, travel food, which is like anything you would take on a car ride, like the granola or like trail mix, and souvenirs from your trips. And to show devotion to Hermes, one can write him jokes, poems, and stories, which I would recommend the poems. He likes those. You can practice writing. You can donate to homeless shelters or food pantries because, remember, he is a patron of hospitality. He wants us to be nice and friendly with each other. Hermes is the trickster spirit that feels like everything is in good fun there's some tricks or spirits that are more malevolent and not benevolent and Hermes is just like nice like he does some shit but like he does want everyone to just get along it's fine it's a joke take a joke <laughs> I don't think Apollo took it as a joke when you stole his cattle but <laughs> you can study animal husbandry because he is a pastoral spirit You can become a magician or illusionist. You can travel to another town or state or country. You can try an activity that requires luck, like cards, or dice games. You can learn astronomy and astrology, because his mother was a star. She is a Pleiades. You can honor the dead. You can learn about your ancestors. You can pick up a sport, especially gymnastics or boxing, because he likes those. You can just work out in general. You can give a few coins to a homeless person. You can collect coins, have a feast in his name. You can keep a dream journal. You can learn other languages. You can practice speaking, learn to be more diplomatic. You can learn how to be a thief or become a thief. Or you can become a thief in a video game. This is what somebody put, and I thought it was very creative, and I I agree It was definitely more safe to do it in a video game if you have, like, MMORPGs or if you play The Sims because you can do – those are routes. Usually those are just open. They're right here. You could be like, yes, thievery. Thank you. There are also video games about thievery like Thief, duh, and Uncharted where Nathan Drake is literally an anthropological thief. He literally is Indiana Jones. So if you're not, if you don't have the balls to be a thief, because I am not going to say nothing else about it. Hermes doesn't care. So you don't have to take my moral compass. I'm not going to say I've never stole because I have been a child. <laughs> don't say you never stole nothing. Everyone has. <laughs> Whether or not you gave it back, that's debatable.
1: I couldn't get it back. Some. It was gum in my mouth at oh. the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you
1: already ate it. I sure did.
2: <laughs> uh, if you don't have the fortitude to be an actual thief, you could just pretend to be one in a video game. He wears many hats, as most spirits do. Which I feel like is very important to recognize about spirits. I think it's very easy to like be like, oh, he's a messenger spirit. It's like Hecate, it's like, oh, she's like the god she's like the goddess of witches. It's like, yeah, she does like twenty other things. Like, okay, don't ignore the rest, you know. Spirits are amazingly complex. And that is what I have for her means.
1: Oh. I'm sure he
2: appreciated all of that. Hearing me talk about everything he's done. Sitting behind my shoulder, like nodding his head, like mm-hmm laughing because he's like i did do that you right oh my god i just re- just recognized he stole aphrodite's girdle do you think that was like after could you imagine if somebody like slept with you and then they stole your stuff
1: listen somebody them. would be dying
2: <laughs> like literally could you imagine aphrodite is laying there asleep and he's like putting his pants on and the girdle's just laying there and he's like hey, i'll take that I'll just take that with me. Thank you. So, I recognized he's definitely one of my spiritual allies. And I will also say, aggressive is not the word, but definitely um
1: vocal. That's the word.
2: He's like, I'm not sure about anybody else. I have a few inklings. He didn't mind stepping forward.
1: (laughs) He said, I'm here, bitches. I'm the only one that matters. as
2: As soon as I had an inkling and I had the thought... He was like, oh, finally. Oh my god. Girl, I've been sitting here every day.
1: Every damn day listening to you.
2: Like, girl, where are you at? Thank you for recognizing me. Finally. Hello. It
1: took you forever.
2: <laughs> I also thought it was very interesting that his mom is a Pleiades, is one of the seven Pleiades, because Pleiades are part of the constellation Taurus. Oh. Yup. I was like, you know, Hermes. You're right. It all makes sense.
1: <laughs> it all I comes understand together. Why you're I was like, mm,
2: okay. So, tying it all together, I feel like because because Hermes is a mythical figure who wrote the Hermetic texts. If you wanted to go the Greek route to get into the Akashic records, you could uh, dial Hermes's number.
1: <laughs> Just dial him up. Be like, hey, bro. Can you help me out? Hey, could you...
2: Can I get there? Can you get me there? Hermes is like, yeah, I might be able to do. What are you going to do for me?
1: (laughs) I very well might.
2: Yeah, I could do. What about it? (laughs) What is your media? What is your media since you did the Akashic Record?
1: Okay. So... Uh, sorry, I have to, like, re... Like, re-re... I've been trying to type this paper this whole time. One of them, at least. The easier one. Even though I still have math problems to solve. But I had to take a break. Anyway. From the math. From the math. I'm, like, five questions away from being done with that portion. Anyways. the That's besides the point. <laughs> I am going to talk about, for my media, a very specific episode from Avatar The Last Airbender. An episode from Season 2, again, specifically. It's Season 2, Episode 10. Now, obviously, most of us aren't going to remember specifically what Episode 10 of Avatar The Last Airbender is. But... Anybody who has watched Avatar The Last Airbender will remember that episode 10 is the library episode when I say THE library Because there is only one library episode in the entirety of Avatar The Last Airbender So I've got the synopsis up here It looks like it's actually a synopsis So... No, this is just the whole plot of the episode Not going to read that, but there's an overview, so I'll read that and then go into it. Anyways, so here's the overview. At a desert oasis, the group encounters a professor who tells them of a hidden library overseen by a spirit in the desert. Inside, Sokka discovers a crucial weakness of the Fire Nation that has the potential to end the war. The date of an upcoming solar eclipse, which will cripple the Firebender's abilities. The spirit of the library, Wang Shitong, uh, Wan refuses to allow them to leave with the knowledge and sinks the library into the sand. The team narrowly escapes the library but is devastated by the loss of Appa, who is captured by the sandbenders in their absence. So, the, the I whole... I remember this episode. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the whole point of this... this uh, the whole point that I bring this episode up... Is the library Um, I'm trying to remember how Like what kind of information the library had Obviously had a lot of information I want to say it had the information of the world Like just in general That that deep shit That deep shit There was a lot there (laughs) They could spend tons of time there And still not read everything they needed to read Wow, this synopsis really is just scene by scene Hold on, I just read the first sentence And it says, the scene opens up with Aang sitting on the ground, looking over a vast savannah landscape what? Wow, that <laughs> Did, is not a summary, bro Just let them read the episode, or just let them watch the episode Let them read the episode
2: You are reading it
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, Sokka inquires as to whether the professor has a more recent map and the professor unrolls a map showing the vast desert with roots marked where he has gone in search of a Knowledge Spirits Library. I feel like it just skips some sh- stuff. Well anyways, so, the library has all the knowledge that they could ever need. And the library is almost buried in this sand wasteland that they're in at the moment, this desert it's hidden. And the reason it's hidden is because it has so much information. The reason it's hidden is because the Fire Nation originally went to the library and well, so we all know who specifically. Went to the yeah. library and got information. <laughs> yeah, got information that allowed the Fire Nation to essentially take over the world. So, which is why it was buried The original spirit fucking sank it Tried to sink it and destroy it essentially So that no other humans could use it But in terms of the Akashic Records You could think of the library, the spirit library As the next level Like you could think of it as um, floor two So personally Like we all... I know that they were still in the same realm, but when they enter the library, it's almost like they go and shift into a different realm. Uh, Yeah. Because they have the spirits there. They get led there by a spirit, by a helper of the library, by one of the librarians. Um, It's a jackal who, you know, shelves the books and the scrolls and shit like that. And the main big Wang Shi Tong is this giant owl spirit who just who who wants nothing to do with humans. And they convince him to allow them um, they convince him to allow allow them through into the library to read what they want. And of course they find information there, like I said, that can help them uh, Defeat the Fire Nation, and he's like, you can't leave with that because I can't have The, I can't have the humans having power over the world again, and so on and so forth So I think it's pretty obvious why I chose this one Yeah, it's pretty straightforward It's pretty straightforward I'm not trying to, like, go all out Also, I don't really know any other media that has to do with Something similar with like a library, I can't really think of one right now. Actually, hold on, I'll
2: throw in my two cents. There's an episode of Toilet Bound Hanako where they go to oh, the yes. five o'clock library. That's the only thing, only other thing I think about. But their librarian is a spider person, mm. and that's not better than an owl. Like, I don't know who I'd pick. I'm not. Listen,
0: I would rather can have it the just owl
2: be. Can I have none? <laughs> I, don't want I don't want any.
1: Well, I mean, that is an option. But I know... I think.
2: <laughs> the 5 o'clock... I know the 5 o'clock library was about... Um, they had everyone... The book was Everybody's Life.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And it was like, if you read The Future, it turns, like, red and turns bloody and you can't read it anymore.
1: Right, I remember that episode. Yeah. Um. Another one that I can think of is not, like... It's not a library that has to do with everybody's lives. Well, if you think about it, that that one with uh, where the book has like everybody's lives, that's further than the fourth dimension. If you think about it, I think that's the fifth. That would be like the third four. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Anyway, so the other one that I can think about is from the Ninth House by Leigh Bardugo. And it's not a library that has all of the information of the world in it or anything like that, but it is a library that has accumulated from all of the different um, Liliths and Virgils and all those people. Oh, Dantes, not Liliths, Dantes (laughs) and Virgils and Uriel's who have worked in the ninth house like all of their books all of their journals if they put them in the library so on and so forth and to to access the library all they have to do is take a book down off this one specific shelf and they write down their request in it and then they put it back on the shelf and they leave and they close the door and when they open the door again the books that they were The books that have to do with, um, that have information about their request will be there on the shelves waiting for them. Oh. So that's the only other thing I can think of.
2: Magic libraries.
1: Magic libraries. But speaking of which, if you haven't watched Avatar The Last Airbender yet, what are you doing? Girl, what are you doing? What are you doing? You better watch that. (laughs) You better watch that shit. But yeah, that's what I have. What's your, what's your media?
2: Oh, I remember. Yes! <laughs> I was like, hold on. Hold on. Give me a give second. Me, give me. It makes me think. I, I think I'm down with like, the Akashic Records and all that stuff, strictly, simply because I am a big-ass library nerd. So literally where I spent all oh, my childhood in various libraries. I very much appreciate the idea of a magic library.
1: That's like one of the big, big things as a kid. <laughs> For magic sure. libraries. As somebody who spent a lot of her time in a library yeah. as a child, a magic library would have been amazing.
2: We were a pair of reading nerds if you haven't survived.
1: Yeah. so
2: we're not we still are. Yeah, you
1: know what I mean, just in different ways. <laughs> like I've been reading a lot of manga. Yeah, Not that that hasn't wasn't the well, same back then too. Oh well, fair.
2: We are well. I mean, we already touched on it while you were talking about it, but comic books. Yeah. Also, just read that. Comics. So, Mom media. I was gonna do something generic and Greek, but there's a lot of like Greek stuff to be fair. But I want to talk about Dead because I talked about Soul Eater when I did psychopomp, so now I want to talk about the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, which is my favorite cartoon. I just had like a flashback I was like Do they have a magical library episode Why do I feel like I just feel like they do Don't quote me on that But I just had like a moment of Remembering <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is but trust And believe. for six seasons of the show I would not be surprised if there was a magical library That was like in passing There's not fucking remember six it.
1: seasons of Bill- Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy Yeah Jesus Christ so <laughs> Wait, an- hold on. <laughs> I just I just thought like in passing of Billy and Mandy is just a different version of Deku Katsuki and All Might. And that's in a weird way, <laughs> yeah. Like you got, you got Mandy, who would be Kotsky. You got Billy, who would yeah. be Deku Except Deku's a way lot smarter Fair And then you got fucking Grim, And All Might's uh, just a whole-ass skeleton He's just a bag of Honestly, bones
2: Honestly He's literally just a walking piece of skeleton
1: He's just a bag of bones And he's got a terrible sense of humor So <laughs>
2: Let me let me explain to y'all. If you haven't seen the Grim Avengers of Billy and Mandy, really just showing my age for these episodes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about this. I'm not old, but some of y'all are probably going to be 13 listening to this, so I'm old to you. The reason I want to talk about this is because of the whole deal thing. Because if you noticed, well, actually, if you notice, I didn't talk about Hermes cutting any deals because he is what we call a thief. <laughs> you don't make deals. But I'm sure there's mythology of him negotiating, because he's also a spirit of communication. Fully, fully believe Hermes is the kind of person to be like, Okay, hey, what are you going to do for me, though? And trick you. Trickster spirit definitely trick you into giving him something. Let's <laughs> not—don't get me started. So, <laughs> the whole point is that Mandy tricks Grimm—we're not Billy, too, but not—no— and Mandy tricks Grimm into being their best friend forever. Full on Grim Reaper. There is an old Swedish movie, and I mean old like from the 30s and 40s. There's a knight in medieval times who meets the Grim Reaper, and because he doesn't want to die, he challenges the Grim, Reacher, Grim Reaper to a game of chess. Which, of course, I. The challenge is pretty obvious if the grim reaper wins he goes if the, he if the knight wins he doesn't go that i know at least that touches on the the why this exists i know this old ass movie it's in swedish i think so you have to read subtitles but it's pretty good for an old movie in billy and mandy though grim just challenges them to a game in limbo and I feel like, I can't think of another example, but I know this has been touched on multiple times. People trying to make, you can do it in The Sims. You can try to bargain with the Grim Reaper if your Sim dies. So they don't, so he doesn't take them. This is a running theme of trying to bargain with sicko <laughs> So you don't have to die. In this case, it wasn't Billy or Mandy. It was their a hamster that they were bargaining for. I remember rewatching this and telling my dad that we never see this hamster again. So what the fuck? What's the point? <laughs> because I swear to God, we never see the hamster again.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, didn't it like run away or something?
2: No, I feel like we see it in like another episode.
1: Mm.
2: I feel like I've seen it like, in passing. Like, but like generally, like, you know, this hamster doesn't mean anything. You, it's not a character. You never see him again. Really? He doesn't do anything.
1: It was literally just a plot device, and that was it.
2: Literally. And also, I am I am like just uh, shooting the shit. Like this is not has not been said. I don't think, but the Grim Reaper in this does have a Jamaican accent, which honestly, if somebody maybe wanted to modernize this, modernize this, and instead of having it just have a be a skeleton with a Jamaican accent, but actually do like a voodoo trickster. As in, like, Papa Legba or Baron Samedi, who would... Those are sickle pumps and they will take you, and they will bargain with you. Please do that. Somebody please do that. Please. I'm asking very, very nicely. <laughs> oh, I would watch that. Anyway. Basically, it's because the Grim Reaper is the Grim Reaper in a sickle pump. And there's also some... Honestly... Mandy is the most thieving, negotiating, witty person that will ever, like, get the drop on you. I definitely feel like she's she would be more of a Loki person than a Hermes person, but I definitely feel like Hermes would sit there and be like, you know
1: what? Respect.
2: <laughs> my, my, I don't mind her. She's a little bit evil, but that's okay. I had another thought, and I was just trying to remember. Oh. The goddess Eris is a character, and she does have her golden apple that she uses. That is the whole point of Paris and Athena and Aphrodite and Hera and what have you. (laughs) The whole point is that stupid-ass golden apple because Eris didn't get invited to the whatever. It is just too much. But when you're the goddess of chaos, does it matter? No. No. The grim, the grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy is very esoteric. It's why it was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. I've been doing a lot of inner child work, so let's not even. But there's, like, Cthulhu. There's, like, the Boogeyman. There's Dracula. There's a lot of... There's... I remember there's an episode with... Um, oh, my gosh. What is it? A Sentient Bike, which reminds me of that one Stephen King story with the car very much oh, like on horror and religion and whatever and i appreciate it.
1: Mm-hmm. so
2: definitely one of my favorites as a child
1: it was a good one
2: I, there's no, there's nothing to say because Reaper loses and now he has to be their best friend forever because every episode is different and they don't connect. It's a cartoon. It's one of those kind of cartoons. So there's no plot for me to explain to you. Every episode is different. There is like, they do like satire for Harry Potter. That's also good. It's not one of my favorite episodes but I I watched it. I've seen it. I enjoy it. (laughs) It went from, it says 03 to 2007.
1: Wow, six seasons in four years? Yeah. What the crap?
2: Oh. Let me back up. first, no, 2001 to 2007. Oh, okay. That
1: makes more sense. Yeah, that makes a
2: lot more sense. (laughs) Woo. Although it took them from August of 01 to October of 03 to do the first season. I wonder oh. what happened
1: there. My god. I don't
2: know. Uh, what happened? See what happened was.
1: See what happened was Is they did like 52 episodes for the se- first season and then did like 20. There's there
2: only 18 for the first season.
1: What the fuck? Y'all yeah, took a know. year and a half to do 18 episodes? Seriously.
2: Girl. <sighs> Whatever.
1: Well, I guess that would be an episode a month. Because 18 episodes is 18 months. It's a year and a half. I
2: guess.
1: Still, that's a that's a long time. For sure.
2: So, yes. Peace. I wanted to I want to talk about it before, and I got to talk about it. Success is one of those things. As a kid, right here it says genre: black comedy, comedy horror, slaps to comedy, and supernatural. So it's like if you like. Creepy shit, before the perspective of a child, which not to say it's tra- like I mean it's a cartoon, but you know how a lot of cartoons are actually adult. This feels like one of those. Not like adult, but it's like there's a lot of stuff that on a, on a rewatch, I'm like, oh wow, I know more about that now. <laughs> like as a kid, I was like, who the fuck is you? What's a Cthulhu? Yeah. <laughs> now I know. Now I know. Like I'm like, oh, okay. It's a bit more fun to watch now that I'm older. Another long episode for us. Yeah. But more interesting, I think. I like these topics.
1: <laughs> Agreement.
2: <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that you've had tarot readings about the Akashic Records, and now you're talking about them.
1: I, I have. I have more have if, if
2: either of us is going like, to read them, it's going to be you, Probably.
1: Oh, here's to hoping <laughs> Shit.
2: I fully believe With your We were just talking about lucid dreaming With your astral body always trying to be somewhere else <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna Find it's way there
1: She's gonna like Find a ladder and be like well Time to climb let's go
2: <laughs> Like you're gonna End up in on one of those floors I'm sure Your astral body Just knows it's trying to get there That's where it's trying to be
1: I mean, with all the past life stuff and everything, yeah, been trying for sure. Destined, I think you are. Destiny.
2: I became Yoda all of a sudden. <laughs> Destined, I think you are.
1: I've been this well this morning because I was doing the the research this morning. I was looking at like Akashic record readings on Etsy. But I was going through them and I was like, you know what? Nah, just, nah, figure it out yourself.
2: <laughs> Honestly.
1: I think it'd still be cool, but I just don't, like, because I don't know any of the the readers on there, I don't really trust them to do a prop, just... I understand. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I, you gotta explain it to me, I got it. Yeah.
1: I want to trust like, that people are what they say they are, but I also have that pessimistic generational attitude that people are lying to me at all the time.
2: Well, I feel like I said I know I said this like maybe like a week ago or so, but that's how I, I mean, I feel that way when it comes to witchcraft and magic only because so many people have been liars. Like, right. it's not even that I want to not trust, but there's so many people who have been out as it's, like, faking being a medium and faking reading tarot and faking being a psychic. So I'm like, well, who do you trust? It's one of those things
1: that's cool
2: to, like, I don't want to say cool to lie about, but it's, like, like, it's cool so people, like, tend to be that thing. So if you want to hear more from us and hopefully stay up to date with us as we lucid dream and astral project maybe we'll have some adventures with the akashic records one of these days or i can lucid dream and actually meet hermes
1: one day because i'm
2: i feel like i've met him but i can't lucid dream yet so he's just waiting i feel
1: right to talk to me it's like that one dream that i had with the with the black haired guy the black haired olive tone guy Three nights ago. I in definitely a row, like, feel
2: that's somebody.
1: Like I said, I really, I really think it was Apollo because he kept talking to me about, like, music and stuff like that.
2: Oh, Well, that's anyway. what I feel like. The. the Lucid Dreaming l- was last episode, but to go with this, the Sakashic Records and Astral Projection, I feel like in a way. That's kind of what your spiritual allies are waiting for, and your ancestors, and all of these people are just waiting for you, because how can they take you anywhere if you can't astral project?
1: Right. How can they talk to your fucking face <laughs> if you can't hear them? Like, what if they wanted to take you
2: to see, I can show you the world, what if they wanted to do that, but you can't <laughs> leave your physical body, so they can't? Oh my god. They want to be your Aladdin, but... You can't astral project yet, so. That's the goal, I think. Getting out of the physical. And one day, we're going to talk about that. So if you want to get to that episode, because I do, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter just by searching up mix Witches Podcast. Or, if you feel like you've seen the Akashic Records, or have talked to Hermes, or... Anything else that we've ever talked about You can shoot us an email MixedWitchesPodcast at gmail.com
0: <laughs> well,
2: I
1: completely <laughs> Was not present You can also find us On Society6 which is also at Mixed Podcast, or You can head over to our website Which is Mixed Podcast At square, wait, no <laughs> the com. Mm, you keep us, keep us, oh my god, no, you gave it to me, you gave <laughs> me the mush mouth now. I was gonna say, I gave you the stupid, I passed over the <laughs> brain cell.
2: Oh god, I'm sure we'll start keeping up with our adventures more on our website, that'll yeah. probably be easier.
1: Yeah, I am, I am trying to start a journal, so... Possibly I will start putting journal entries on there. Who knows? I keep saying possibly, and then I don't do it because I forget about it. So. That's fair. Stand by, stand by. I can sticky note. (laughs) Anyways, hope you guys had fun. Hope you guys learned something. Learned something. Yeah, learned something. About Hermes, about the Akashic Records. Whichever one tickled your fancy, if both of them didn't. (laughs) and we hope to see you next week with some more interesting topics bye
3: Bye. when we were young our minds were getting faded did not appreciate all that they created we're chasing after that witch's brew damn 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 thinking more but doing less keeping score but failing at the test y'all chasing after that witch's brew damn 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 damn, damn. chasing after that witch's brew you've got nothing better to do cause y'all sailing down the easiest street again damn x marks the spot or is it oh I've been feeling so low Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn again, damn! almost within reach, but out of your grasp, the last drop at the bottom of your glass, you chasing after that witch's brew, damn, 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 damn.